best stuff. We you're go. missing the best. Hey, you just missed the best stuff. This I is know. the best stuff. You know, we're missing we're, the best we, stuff. Uh, we're just starting the development debate, and and for the record, this is the soonest we've lost control of the discussion. And I'm blaming Absolutely. Kyle Katz because we we literally I literally lost control before I could hit the record that's button. Right. That's how that's quick right. it that's how quick it went. Usually but, it's Dave and I that lose the control first, Kyle. But yeah, the guests normally are yeah. kind of a moderating a moderating uh, aspect to the discussion. Uh -huh. For us two idiots, <laughs> but no, no, not this I mean, one. Now, this one. So this is going to be a good one. So welcome to the development mm -hmm. debate, and we're we are very fortunate to have our friend Kyle Katz on it. Um, we've been talking a lot about housing. Uh, really big economic development, really big corporate site location issue. Um, I don't care if your market's growing, not growing, uh, slow growth rural markets are desperate for housing, fast growing mid-sized urban markets like Columbus, Ohio are, are, are desperate for housing. So it is um, just that, that residential development uh, process piece, product, is is needed and we're fortunate to <clears throat> work with kyle on a on a project but he has a um he had really kind of phenomenal history uh here in central ohio of of uh, you know i would say really being a pioneer in in urban development so we're, we're really excited it, to have were, him on the show you were doing good stuff before everybody else kyle so you know you were doing i really the fancy, appreciate that you were doing the i'm also i'm very appreciative of the uh the pioneer definition and the fact that my definition of being a pioneer does not include arrows in the back. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, and I was going to say that because you know it's the old line that pioneers get killed and and settlers get rich, but you you've proved that pioneers can be successful and live to fight another day, right? I think so. I think my ambition package was was different than most. Uh, most of the things that drove me, especially when I first returned to Columbus in the mid to late eighties was to give the city the things that, that I wanted that didn't exist. It was that that easy. It was that simple in motivation. Yeah. Um, the vehicle happened to be just real estate investment and the opportunity to create great space. Yeah. So tell us, give 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 us uh give us some background on you know how you got into this. What 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 was your you know what was your first what was your first gig? What was your first job? You know, oh, professional wow. job. Um, How about that? Professional job. I left college early. You guys will like this to work for John Glenn's presidential campaign in 1984. Wow! Wow! I, I didn't know I that. The, That's great, Kyle. Wow! I had the tremendous honor and pleasure of being a Senate intern, and um, you know, I was at an age where I just maniacally vote, devoted myself to that, and and just it was everything. Loved it so much, and to work for someone like John Glenn was important to me. Yeah. Um, I then got a wonderful offer to uh, join his campaign and left finished school early to do so. Um, I moved around for him a little while until the campaign crashed. Yeah. And then uh, uh, came back to Columbus, started with the Huntington National Bank, was investing in real estate on the side, was at Cap Law School at night for a year, discovering if I wanted to go that route. And I would say that generally, when you talk about my career, it's not been one of design, but rather one of circumstance. Right. Um, the person that just never knew what he wanted to be when he grew up. And I still really don't know, but circumstances brought me to this place. That's awesome. So you, I, I'm not I, sure if it's awesome. Again, we've known each other a long time, but I never knew the, the John Glenn connection. That I is neither. That is great. That is phenomenal. Uh, uh, I would tell you that, that maybe one of the great, uh, 
great dinners of my life. My my wife was a Glenn School graduate and she won an award as a young alumni winner. And uh-huh. like eight of us got to have dinner with Senator Glenn and Annie, yeah, his wife. And um, it, it was just so interesting to get to meet him and talk to him. And Mrs. Glenn was so funny. It was it was incredible. Uh, it was, it was just people. What a great couple. Yeah, and I think that's what's missing today and what you and I were exposed to. Not enough people are exposed to that kind of character uh, yep. in office. And he that. was, you know, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. We can go on yep. forever about that. Yeah, but he had uh, character and everything else. Absolutely. I mean, he was, you know, and, uh, bright, of the highest I mean, honor, of the highest honor, Kyle. And that oh, was, yeah, people didn't recognize how bright he was, the co-author of the nuclear non-proliferation issue. I, um, he, was, he was phenomenal. In any absolutely. case, we, we, well, again, Kyle, we can go down that rabbit hole. We know you because of real estate. I mean, you know, you, you're a man of circumstance. You, you did a kind of a big real estate deal. What your big, big real estate project to get things kicked off? I mean, what what got you there? What 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 you, you started in real estate in the 80s, but what kind of got you there to do something really big? How'd you get? Yeah, there? Oh, that's a great question. Um, as I said, the, the lens I looked through was one that looked for things that did not exist that I thought a market would exist for. I knew that there were more people like me in Columbus that just what weren't given the opportunity to find the space they wanted. And I, I was at the Huntington, as I'd mentioned, I was also investing in real estate on the side. I ran into Frank Cass at a party. And long story short, I went to work for Frank for about two years. Um, and they were really productive years in a lot of ways for me. Uh, and, and one way too productive, I had done really well with Frank, too well with Frank. And Continental at that time was a far different company than it is today. This is the mid-late 80s. Yeah. Uh, leadership of that division wasn't very strong. There really wasn't a training program. There was something really magical about Frank. And I just, I loved being there. Um, uh, it was a great experience, but I, I was young and dumb. I did really, really yeah. well there, probably a little too yeah. well. And had the opportunity to go off on my own by buying a piece of property from a guy that was a distant cousin of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd been doing deals there when I was at Continental, saw the property was for sale. In fact, Frank and Jack offered to buy it with me. And I said, no, that was. Wow. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, How about that? Me. Wow. This is what, you, again, young and dumb. You're 26 yeah. years old thinking you, think you can you know do everything. everything. Yeah. I and, remember uh, being, uh... and from that point, exactly. My From that point, my career was really baptism by fire, working through every known issue one could work through in a 450,000 square foot hundred year old facility that needed a lot wow. of work and a lot of care. That's incredible. Uh, wow. You know, what was really fun about that was also recognizing not only the potential of the building, but the district. And it was Ken yeah. Cookson and I that formed the first two district associations downtown, mm-hmm. Penn West and the Discovery District. In fact, Ken and I served on the first committee with Bill Harrison that created the downtown commission. And both of us went on to serve on the downtown commission. Wow. So Ken's, Ken's been a special part of downtown's evolution from the start. The Discovery District had a lot to do with, with really Ken's, uh, Ken's, Ken's love for that area. Uh, well, and that's interesting because you, you, you obviously, if you were working at the bank, you, you understood the finance side of it, right? You had, you know, knowledge as to how that, at least how that process worked. Um, you know, Frank, uh, Frank and Jack were obviously, uh, you know, were and are very successful developers of too much stuff to even even list so at least you had some some time uh working with them but i'm not i mean 
gosh, at that time, I mean, it sounds like you took on something bigger than even they were doing. Yeah, that was huge. Yeah, it was it was a big project. I mean, I, I, yeah, it was a big project. And again, young and dumb, I really walked into something. Again, 26 years old, 440,000 square feet of space. The only reason that happened was the SNLs were throwing money out the window and anyone that could, you know, pat the breathalyzer. Right place, um, right time. And you had the vision. Yeah, right place, right time. It was really it. Yeah. Um, did you see the vision for what it is? Like, how long did it take you to get there, Kyle, to see that vision for what it became? I mean, the, okay. the, the vision I had was, um, was refocused by Nationwide. Yeah. And uh, that district that I had uh, it tried to that formed with other neighbors, the district cessation Penn West was really from the walls of the penitentiary to the West. Yeah. So right. the area that would be the baseball park, the arena now, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sorry, the baseball park, the hockey, the uh, soccer Group. stadium, the, yeah. all of that area was Penn West. No, yeah. I never envisioned that. My vision was far different. It was really more residentially based and it was yeah. creating a village uh, really not too unlike Stilton village. Mm-hmm. That is to say, a, a place to live, work, and play. It was a really obvious situation. And we had the park system there. We had the water system there. We had access to downtown. Yes, it was a blighted area. But as the head of that association, I was able to get through a uh, 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 really big tiff that allowed us to bury overheads, which people aren't doing as often as they probably should, yeah, uh, right. create all new infrastructure. Uh, we had a combined storm and sewer at the time to separate those put in the roadway. We got an urban setting designation through the OEPA. Uh, it was really the birth of that foundation for the neighborhood. It was, it was a lot of fun to do also. Well, and, and just so folks understand, this, this, is, this is a very, uh, you know, kind of former industrial part, uh, just on the edges of downtown Columbus. Um, and at the it was, time- it was, now- it was really- it was deemed as blighted. If you had ended oh, up yeah. in that neighborhood at night, you would have wondered where you were. You yeah, wouldn't no. have been necessarily unsafe, no. but certainly there was nothing there no. but for the potential that would be fulfilled by Columbus's growth. And that's indeed yeah. what we're seeing now. Yeah. Well, well, what was growth. there was the was the former and, you know, what, what was then closed state penitentiary with 50 foot high walls yeah. where they used to house, you know, pretty much the most dangerous criminals in the state. Um, and now, you know, now if you see it, it's where, as, as Kyle mentioned, Nationwide, uh, through their, through their, uh, through their real estate arm has developed the arena district that has the Nationwide arena and office and condos and apartments. And, and hockey, you know, arena. hockey. Yeah, I mean, to our just, benefit, now, I mean, what Nationwide didn't just do that. Nationwide did that right. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, one might say they may have had more residential involved, may have done this, may have done that. They still were able to create when the hockey arena was built, the best hockey arena around in the country. Big when the baseball yeah. stadium was built, the oh, best baseball stadium in the country. Yep, right. When the lower dot field, lower field was built, I don't know if they've won awards. I think it's an incredible facility. I think they should. Facility. I think they should, Kyle. Well, if people come here, I mean, all of those places, right? All of those things you just mentioned, people come here to see that. Right. They come here to say, OK, look at the, our hockey and our, our soccer. Look at all. I mean, it's it, it's incredible. Look at the buggy yeah. works. I mean, all that stuff is is pretty phenomenal. The uh, ambition those those projects did one thing, which has really been the ambition of everything I've done. It's not to do it to the lowest common denominator, but to understand what potential exists and do something that can compete nationally. Yeah. So that when someone left our city, if they saw something, I said so buggy works is a great example. 
They'd seen the loss we did. They said, you wouldn't believe what I saw in Columbus, Ohio. We would rival anything nationwide. That's yeah. the ambition. You know, we yeah. talked about changing city, the one that I grew up in wrapped itself in self-deprecation. I think I may have shared this with you. We'll never be very much. We can't ever have very much. We would never hold ourselves in the same line as a Cleveland or a Cincinnati. And that's changed. Completely. And we gonna, continue to change it. only if we continue to develop and demand that we develop projects that are projects of excellence, not simply commodities. No doubt about it. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. And Columbus has completely changed. And I mean, that that arena district was was really probably the, well, I mean, it was the first big part of that, right? The South, the short North, there was, that that was, in, it was very nascent at that point, right? So um, that was really the the thing that started to really turn Columbus around and and uh, get us get us to be a bigger player. And that that really did help us lay the foundation for drawing people back down that first wave. Mayor yeah. Coleman, I remember, I think it was ninety seven, pointed to the stars and said, uh, ten thousand units by X date." Right, I forget yeah. right, right. It was in the bar in the arena yeah. actually on, on Front Street. Oh and, yeah, uh, Louis 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 Louis. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right across the North Market. I had a great time with that event. <laughs> and you know, the, the, the arena district helped to tame that for us. It really did take that section of downtown and made it palatable for my buggy works buyers. They had everything they wanted in terms of the perception of being on the edge, but the convenience of, of not yeah. being in the CBD. Mm -hmm. So what do you think it takes to get those projects done now? What, what, what advice do you have, whether it's a developer, community, how do you, you know, in, in, in a growing market like Columbus, um, you, you know, cause it is interesting. And, and again, uh, Columbus has a lot of assets uh, economically has had a massive population growth, but it's pretty interesting. And I'll give you an example of our downtown. Um, you know, Cleveland has about 25,000 people downtown. Columbus just got to Mayor Coleman's 10,000 person goal. What, what do you think what do you think it's going to take to spur more more of these these uh, residential developments in a in, an, really in a city like Columbus? I think it's very difficult to hold ourselves comparable to a Cleveland or cities with other architecture and histories. Yeah, uh, our you know uh, we we just don't have that infrastructure. We weren't a powerhouse at the time that Cleveland and Cincinnati were powerhouses. We don't have that kind of urban fabric. Um, we've got a lot of holes, and that makes it difficult. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I've got the answer. I think the driver here is not necessarily going to be a draw. I think the there, there will come from massing of people. Mm -hmm. um, I think cities, Columbus is doing as good a job as it can, but these have to also grow organically. There's only so much you can do. When you force it too much, you're creating an right. alternative universe that won't be supportable or sustainable. That's the biggest mm -hmm. danger. So, you know, one of my you know, I sat on the commission, downtown commission, for 18 yeah. years and saw pretty much yeah. every piece of architecture that came through. Um, you're asking what the city of Columbus can do. Their hands are somewhat limited. I'd love to see more incentives for public art if you're giving incentives away, demand things in return for public art. I think that's one of the things that can help fill, fill those holes mm. that we have in our downtown. Um, I think, you know, Dave, you and I, before this conversation, just were talking about incentives for the conversion of all of the office space, which is vacant. I was with Colliers yesterday. They indicated that I think within three blocks of the central business district, state capital, I should say, the vacancy rate is averaging 28 percent. 
That's a oh, lot of space. That's a lot of and space. That, and that space is probably not going to get filled. So having the yeah. city of Columbus say, hey, you know what? We need to come to terms with some kind of triggers to allow for that equilibrium to flip where developers are incented right. to convert that vacant office space into residential, just as the Edwards are doing. We just don't yeah. have enough Edwards families to, to take that on, frankly. No, we yeah. need more outside. You know, we, we're going to need outside investors to do that, right? We're going to need outside people to help come in because we don't have. The good news is we are for the first time seeing a lot of outside, a lot of out, a lot out more. state developers looking at Columbus. You guys know that. Yeah. My son works for Tishman Spire. They're looking at Columbus for the first time. Everyone's looking for Columbus. I have another son who works for uh, a, a firm that makes investment in multifamily. They won't touch Columbus because they can't estimate the taxes that are going to be coming the way on the yeah. multifamily projects. We were just yeah. talking about that today, Kyle. That is the, uh, you know, another we... issue that can be fixed to, to, and I will tell you, um, my wife's family made a huge dedication to Clintonville that no other investor yeah. would have made based yeah. on their love for that neighborhood, but yeah. that project's not been as productive as it would be because of the taxes. Yeah, that's yeah. a huge problem. Huge problem. I, um, no, you're right. We, we've heard so that, those we've are heard some that loud and clear. Big, yeah, I think they hear that loud and clear. The, the distinguish, I think a distinguishing characteristic for Columbus would be to be able to take action on this quickly. Yeah. Because yeah. the demand exists right now. And how, um, how important yeah. do you think, how do you solve the parking issue in, in urban areas? I mean, if you're, you know, if you find the right building, obviously, you, you know, with what you did uh, down in the, the Penn West District, you, you kind of had a site that could have that could have parking, but a lot of these, you know, you look at the towers, you look at empty office towers now throughout a lot of these cities. Um, a lot of them are, you know, struggle when you, maybe they can handle the parking if it's an office, but all of a sudden you're going to really increase the, the number of humans that are in the building uh, on a regular basis. And, and parking is what we hear from a lot of folks that it's just, a, Absolutely. it's just you, a challenge. You can't go residential right now. You cannot go residential without having the parking. And yeah. frankly, the, the buildings are functionally obsolete as it relates to, you know, the Office. conversion. I mean, it's, it's a total yeah. tear out. It's a, it's a big job, big job. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I've got a uh, 40,000 square foot uh, office building, phenomenal office building in the brewery district. We're looking at converting now to a residential format on a short-term rental basis. Yeah, uh, and just to, to take that forty thousand square feet of office off the marketplace and make it more competitive for the for the market around us it makes perfect sense. And that's a rebalancing that needs to take place. And yeah. it's very difficult to justify economically on a basic apartment basis, which is why the STRs are the solution there. Um, Columbus is, however, as I understand it, saturated with short term rentals, so that's going to mm -hmm. become less advertising over time as well. This being in the brewery district, however, uh, and the fact that we can brand appropriately, I think we have a special opportunity for people. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think more of that, more and more of that needs to take place. As to the large office towers, which have no parking yeah. attached to them because the office yeah. worker parking was blocks away, uh, you know, on lots that were once filled with wonderfully smaller buildings that were just bulldozed for parking lots. Right. Um, you know, that... It's the price we're paying, you know. Yeah. It's the price we're paying. The yeah, the tremendous irony too is, I I, I can get into public. We don't want to get into that. I was talking about the comparison <laughs> between the Los Angeles, which is dead at night, yeah. full of yeah. parking lots, and San Francisco, where you can't find a parking lot, and it yet seems cool. to be vibrant and energetic. Yeah, yeah. No, that's. Um, I mean, it's again the law of unintended consequences, right? In the in the fifties, 
these cities Absolutely. were just completely freaked out by the, the suburban malls um, and office parks being built. So their answer was to get rid of all their buildings of character for sur cheap surface parking lots that, that now, uh, again, I don't care if you're in a Cleveland or Detroit or a Toledo, uh, we were just up for meetings in Toledo on Monday and you just look at, I mean, you look at the buildings and, and it's just the work we've done. I mean, I just see opportunity because yeah. they just had these old, beautiful, historic buildings that would be phenomenal. Uh, you we know, still have that you know, transition. You know, we were at a powerhouse at the turn of the 18th or 19th, 20th century, and we had a lazy fair attitude about demolition until the downtown right. commission came on the scene. Yeah, yeah. So we tore down all that stuff that was that was there. Oh, no doubt. I mean, you know, talk about Union Station and we, you know, relative to the convention center. I mean, my gosh, woof. Yeah, no doubt about but, it. But, you know, all in all, we 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 were lamenting things past looking forward we've got a lot to look forward to yeah um, and a lot of opportunity we're so fortunate the growth just needs to be really capitalized upon and i think funneled into a manner that's sustainable and and frankly isn't um just commoditized yeah. right that's my biggest hope is columbus doesn't become a commodity city where it's developing and developing and developing it's the same product to the same price point um, yeah that's what well, we're doing well, right now Talk a little bit about, you know, Steelton Village and what you're doing, because that's not a commodity, right? Absolutely. That's a, that's a, that's no, a you know, unique, unique, unique opportunity. Nate, it is. It is unique on a lot of levels. Uh, it's unique in that it's 50 acres assembled two miles south of downtown, a three-minute drive from German Village. It's unique in that it's got immediate and tremendous access to green space that mm -hmm. links High Street to green space. Mm -hmm. It's unique in that we are on high street yeah it's unique in that you've got justin McAllister who went down there in 2017 and whether by i mean there was a lot of design i think justin puts this off a little bit i think he had more of this in mind than he than he admits he really did a phenomenal job of not only starting something but allowing that organic growth to be nurtured so he's got a really mm. phenomenal creative class tenancy yep. that's branded this in a unique manner that cannot be replicated elsewhere no, 100%. It's, it's either there or it's not. And we've got it and we're protective yeah. of it. And that's the creative DNA and the artistic DNA that we want to permeate all 50 acres. It's incredible. Yeah, master it, plan it, it, I could go on and on. I, I mean, I, yeah, but no, stop. but no, but Kyle, you're that, that, that creative class that's already there that, that Justin has. I mean, that's who he's rented. He could have, he could have leased space to completely different people, right? And that's because of the, what he does and his company and its culture has brought all those other things and, and the, the vision that, that, that he has and you have for what that's going to be in the future. It's incredible. I mean, it's a, cause taking that from, I mean, you know, that's, that's another old industrial part of the city yeah. and turning that in um, you, you mean still having that cause we're not going to get rid of that, but then having that going forward for the future where you, you have that creative class and then you bring more people there to live there. I mean, it's, it's an incredible vision and I think it's an incredible yeah. opportunity. Yeah, and just and just so folks just so folks understand, it is uh, it's a former uh, factory that made fire engines, mm -hmm. and and I'll never forget that Justin took us on a tour when he bought it because that Justin's it's a Fortner upholstery company. He was combining facilities and and moving to that looking moving that location, and I remember looking at because it, it has a water tower. And I remember looking at him and I, and I looked at the water tower and I looked back at him. And I said, I, well, I'll tell you two things. One, I've never had a client with a water tower. So that is very exciting. 
Uh, and the second thing I said is you are either crazy or -hmm. the smartest guy that I've ever met. And he just burst out laughing because he's like, well, well, time will tell. Time will tell. That's right. That's right. He gets paid. Crazier, crazier lucky. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna make this work. It's gonna be absolutely. It's gonna be awesome down there. It's exciting stuff. However, but he 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 has done a great job, and it just can't. You know, what he did was follow a path he didn't know he was following. Where basically, and this was Vincent Cianci who came to speak at the CMC many many years ago, long before he was thrown in jail. Former president, uh, mayor of Providence, Rhode Island, who resuscitated the uh, the town by basically bringing the artists in as he said the artists are the marines they established the meat shed then come the attorneys for us at and we're very blessed and this is the same formula i had at the buggy works where i had sixty thousand square feet dedicated to artist lofts the largest repository of artists in the city another probably thirty to forty thousand square feet dedicated to arts shadow box was born there the best artists in the city at the time were there it was a wonderful collection of just really great people and it, and it was a community. And that's indeed what Justin's created at his space. It's more than just a collection of people that are creative. It's a community mm-hmm. of people that now work together, you know, know each other, and, uh, and collaborate being there every day. It's phenomenal. Yeah. And this is, yeah. Whether it's, it's it, and it, what we can also do at, at Steelton, which is really special, is yeah. the size yeah. of the project allows Justin and me to dedicate to keeping those experiential users there. So the Columbus printed art stays there. So that the kiln room stays there. Mm-hmm. You saw the glass axis just moved down. An introduction by Justin to KR across the street. Where the glass axis is now moving down to Stilton. So what we're doing is bringing these groups and keeping these groups so that that 1,200 plus minus apartment community that we're developing has classes at night, mm-hmm. places to go, meeting points experiential opportunities that enhance their lifestyle. And that's really what we're selling at Steelton. It'll be lifestyle, not that apartment. It's yeah. just the live music anchored by a city winery and all the other restaurants and bars that follow. We're asking yeah. all of them to add stages to the space, the exterior mm-hmm. space, outside. Uh, you know, the walkability is going to be incredible, enhanced by public art, enhanced by access to live music. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we're very excited it- by that. And it, it's a, you know, it takes, uh, it you takes muted vision, yourself. Right? Way to go, Dave. Mute, mute oh, yourself geez. right in the middle of the podcast. Way to go. Way to go. That's, you know, that took technological. Challenges. I thought, no, I think somehow you muted me. I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not looking, I mean, at, I'm not I'm looking not, to have a fight in front of know, Kyle. It's I know awkward. you want to blame me. But for you know, that. you've done it before. Hey, hey you've I, stuck I, in here when I wasn't looking and you've muted my line. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to. I don't know how you do it. I haven't. I have definitely muted you before, but. I mean, I wouldn't, I, I would never hit the wrong button on my phone. That's never, insulting to think never. that I would do that. I'm not even sure you know where the mute button is. Well, we've confirmed that Dave now knows how to tape. You hit those two buttons at the same time to record. You got to hit the two yeah, buttons at absolutely. the same time. I, I, I'm, I remember that recorder. I completely get it. Oh, but yes. I, I think you, I think you, I think it's interesting that the, the size of the site, the location create the opportunity, but it's having the vision when you look at one of those big old industrial sites to ignore the, you know, whatever it is, contamination, old building all the infrastructure, you know, whatever you have to do to get it done and say, look, this is what this can be. Because the, the other the other kind of cool reality is from, from our side, there's a lot of tools for the government can provide to help, you know, fix up those projects because they want those projects fixed up. That, and there's a lot a more tools role. for that you, than a greenfield. 
Yeah, Montrose has been a, a, a good leader in that area for us thus far as well. Well, no, I, you know, you. that was kind of Thank a you. perfect setup for a shameless plug, but I'll take that. that. Was, I mean, I'm that not, was, I mean, you, that was a, such a soft I mean, home, but at least Kyle took it. He could have just let it go. Oh, uh, I mean, he's, he, he first of all, he's a, he's a man of class. He's a professional and a, and a classy guy. Let's That's just, exactly right. I mean, any, anyone that would serve on a, on an area commission for 18 years, you just got to be. Yeah. Woof. Yeah. Yeah. God bless oh, you. Sure. Oh, yeah. sure. Those are crazy. Well, well I, I will know, say I, this. I will say this. The, the downtown commission was a pleasure. Yeah. It was all about getting to yes. I work there with people I enjoy the hell out of every time I was with them. We had a lot of fun. We didn't, I mean, it was serious business. We passed billions upon billions upon billions oh, of yeah. dollars of work, but uh, we didn't take ourselves too seriously. Well, that's how you, that's and what you do for 18 me, years, Kyle. You, well, you know, you I, see I, such I, success and you enjoy it. And I think it's, I think yeah. it's also a, a unique entity that if communities are looking to develop their downtown, you know, give Mayor Coleman credit again. He basically said, look, we're going to, we're going to consolidate everything you need to do to develop downtown in one place. And that's going to be in this downtown commission. Yeah. And, um, and then we're going to get good people to serve on it. Yeah. You know, cause again, uh, Columbus doesn't have wards. So you go to these area commissions to get recommendations, but the downtown commission is, is, you know, it's really a unique animal in the, we have discussed by the, the way, um, improvements to the commissions as well, because not every commission is the downtown commission. No. So the quality of review, um, I, I, I've encouraged the city to give commissioners number one appreciation annually, as well as support and education as to what the city's goals are. So they're all singing uh, from the same uh, song sheet, yeah. and that people recognize density is important. Let's get going here, people. Um, understanding the credibility of thought, and uh, we need some guiding principles and some tools. Yeah. Absolutely, no doubt. no doubt. Well, Kyle, any any uh, any, any parting thoughts? wisdom? I mean, this parting is, this wisdom. Has been, this, this has been, has been awesome. Been I mean, yeah. Nate and I only had one fight, which is really pretty low. Pretty low well, for us. You know, uh, we, I mean, it started at the beginning, and that wasn't even a fight. That was just it's entertaining. It's entertaining for the people that get for the two people that listen, Kyle. I mean, it really is. It's entertaining for them. Are we up to two? What? Yes. Wow. It's your mom's. <laughs> it's one parent, one parent each. I don't. I mean, I don't. Kyle, um, I don't tell my mom about this. She would be. Uh, hey, you know what? She'd have critiques. She'd be calling me about it. I need. By the way, I need a recording sent to my mother. <laughs> there you go. Here, mom. I finally hey, made, mom. It. made it. I'm on this podcast. In case you were wondering, I've been on a podcast. Yeah, the Dave and Nate show. Oh, that's yeah, what you that's, just call that's it. it. And, our, and our face is right up in the front. That Nobody would see that. Nobody would want that. Oh well, that's why you, got, you, got, you guys have faces for podcasting. You're pretty... <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. Well, well I think... I Dave think doesn't even go note, on the camera. You don't even go on the camera I, on Zoom, Kyle. That tells you all I, you need I, to know. I think I think on that note, I think I think we should just wrap this up, Nate. I, mean, I think you're Kyle's right. going to start ins insulting us now hey, instead a, of hey. us insulting each other. Yeah, that's true. That's wait, true. Who had that quote? You face, you got a face for radio. Who was that's that? Right. Uh, who was it? It's, great, it's it is a it's, it's a um, great line. Yeah, it, it is. is a great line. It is a great. Yeah, line. Anyways, I don't know who it is. I've guys, used a, I've have used a great weekend. Times. It was great being with you. That's I'll talk awesome. to you soon. And you again, too, Kyle. Thanks for all your help on everything. Thank you. Thanks for thanks for talking to us. It's been it's been a great time. And thanks to our loyal listener for That's surviving right. another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hear that, Mom? They love you. That's right. That's We're right. There. All Bye right. Bye now. Thanks, Kyle. Bye -bye.
To learn more about the Montrose Group services, please visit MontroseGroupLLC.com.